Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guest is a native Floridian. He is a singer-songwriter in the blues genre. He has numerous releases to his credit, the most recent of which was a CD called Sounds of Home, which came out last year. To say that he is a multi-instrumentalist is putting it mildly. At one point, Creative Loafing Magazine named him Best Guitarist and Slide Guitarist and Lap Steel Player and Dobro Player. He has also toured and recorded with Southern Roots rock group Southern Hospitality. You've been hearing one of his songs called Sounds of Home, the title track from his latest CD. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show and to the studio Damon Fowler. Hey, Bruce. How's it going, man? Very good. Damon, thanks for being here. It's good to meet you in, in person. I appreciate you coming to the studio. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Sounds of Home, tell us about that song that was just playing. Uh, it's the title track off uh, my last record I released. Uh, it's on Blind Pig Records. And uh, we recorded it down in Houma, Louisiana uh, with Tab Benoit. He produced it. And uh, basically, the, the idea of the song is just, you know, I, I grew up in Florida. And, and the thing is, is for me, I started playing very young. So, you know, there, there's all sorts of sounds and, and things that kind of, you know, re- remind me of home, you know, especially when we get out on the road. So, um, you know, I wrote that song just kind of in that mindset, you know, just thinking about, you know, sometimes you'll you'll hear something that just reminds you of your childhood, you know. And uh, recorded in Louisiana because that's where he is? Yeah, Tab has a studio in Homa um, at his house, and uh, we went down, we were out there for about... I don't know, a little over a week. And, uh, you know, did, had a lot of fun, man. Went out on the bayou and went fishing and ate a bunch of shrimp and stuff like that. And in the meanwhile, we actually recorded a record <laughs> I also. Say, I was going to say, squeeze in a little time to, uh, to record some music. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Sounds of Home, the CD, are, are you pleased with the reception that that release got? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, another cool thing about it was I, I got to work with Big Chief Monk Boudreaux who is a, a Creole Indian um, in the Mardi Gras. He's a Mardi Gras Indian. And um, so he also sang a verse on Sounds of Home. You know, so that, that I feel that that kind of led us into a different path, you know. And uh, there's some, some other songs that we put on that record that I feel that it kind of, uh, I don't want to say open doors, but it just kind of led us in different paths, you know. I was I was going to ask you that, you know, does does having someone like that on the CD all of a sudden kind of opened a new audience, a new market that uh, is going to hear your music who otherwise wouldn't have had it? And and the follow-up to the question is going to be, if the answer is yes, you know, do you have to confess that maybe that kind of influenced your decision? Like, hey, let's have this guy on the record because it'll bring us uh, a new audience? Well, you know... 
You can tell when, me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. It's a good question. That's a good question. And sometimes when people make records, you know, they make them for many reasons, you know. And, and obviously, you know, we're, we're a traveling band. So when we go out on the road, we try and make a record that we know people will like, you know. Um, but we, I definitely i am not into the idea of, uh, you know, just being like, well, you know, it's going to help us sell more records. So let's get this dude, you know. Um, if that was the case, you know, you just save up all your money and hire some hire, you know, Robert Cray or something, you know. Um, but when when Monk came through, he uh, he was actually in town that day. Just he was filming kind of a thing like we're doing right now, but it was a fishing show, but with an interview. And uh, him and Tab are friends, and so he just kind of came by the studio, and we were like, "Oh, that would be awesome if he wanted to be involved," you know. And so we were like, come on, you know, you got to do it. So first he was just going to play tambourine. And then he came up with a part really quick. And we're uh-huh. like, well, man, if you want to, you know, it would be awesome if you want to do this. Yeah, you know, Because at that time, we didn't know that Sounds of Home was going to be the name of the record. It was just we were in there. I went in with a bunch of skeletons of songs. And we, we pieced them together and wrote these songs and stuff in the studio while we were there. And so we just tried to let it happen organically. You know, and and so now I'm getting this vision. You know, sounds of home that what he brings to the record is sounds that he's been influenced by over the years of of his home. His sounds, yeah, and yeah. and the and another thing for me was it was very similar. You know, I, you know, the Louisiana Bayou and 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 the Florida Swamp are very similar, in many ways. You know, uh, as as I mentioned, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for your coming here today. You're you're, you're a busy guy. You're you're always doing shows. Uh, and in fact, have an upcoming calendar of live dates. <laughs> I should take a real deep breath here because listeners, this, this list is impressive. Uh, an upcoming calendar of live dates that has you going up to the Florida Panhandle, then to North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama before coming back down for a bunch of shows in Florida. And then you leave the state again for Missouri, Nebraska, Kentucky, Ohio, and New York in June alone. Later this summer, you'll be in Maryland, Maine, Illinois, and Wisconsin, and then later this year in Delaware. And here I go. Oh, <laughs> that's good stuff, though, Damon. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hope the oil has changed and the, and the tires are in tip-top shape. <laughs> well, I will say, I, I saw uh, there's a guy named Webb Wilder who has a rec- some records out on Blind Pig, and he's a really interesting songwriter. And I, he, he did a video on YouTube one time. And it's advice for the touring, the young touring bands. And he tells people, and it's the the most truth you could tell somebody, is that you got to keep, your van is the most important thing. You got to keep it oiled. You got to keep good tires on it. Your van is your surfboard to the future. Nice. I yeah. like that. I yeah. like that. That's a, that's a good analogy. Well, you know, I, I, I do... And, and I apologize, listeners. Uh, hopefully, all of you know this because hopefully you've been listening to many, many episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. And for those of you that have been, I I know you are. Thank you. Uh, but I, but I need uh, uh, to talk to my guest here for for a minute. Um, you know, we do like to spend a lot of time on this show talking to the guests so that the up and comers who are listening can learn lessons. Uh, for instance, like the one that you just throw out. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Damon Fowler fans who are listening to this interview just because they know who you are and they like to hear what you have to say. Right. And and I always want people to be just entertained in general from, you know, a good music interview. Um, but, you know, so so to educate the, the, the up-and-comers that are listening, talk about the level of touring that you're at. I, I think a lot of artists just 
play and play and play and play in their own city and they never get out on the road. They they either think it's too expensive or, or no one's going to be there to, to see them play or, or that touring is just for you know, major national headliners. So, so here's Damon Fowler, you know, not, not a major national headliner yet, but a jam packed schedule of dates in a long list of States instead of only playing here in Florida. All right. So if they have those ideas that there's not going to be anybody there and they're not going to make any money, they're probably right. You don't, it sometimes, you know, it, you got to realize, you know, if you play in your hometown and you build up a following, how long does it take? You know, it takes you a year to build a following in your hometown. Oh, at least. So you're going to go from night to night, town to town, and try and build a following one night at a time. You know, that's really tough. Um, one thing that, you know, through doing this for a long time, I've learned, you know, the blue societies out there. You know, especially in the blues world, you know what I mean? I can't speak for the indie world, you know, or the, you know, alt country or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in the blues world, we're, I've been really fortunate because there's, you know, in a lot of these cities and a lot of towns, there's festivals and there's blues societies that sponsor events, you know, and there are people that have interest in the kind of music that you play and they want to see it grow. So they they come out. You know, and each town is different. Each blue society is different. You know, you hear people that want to, you know, oh, this blue society is good and this one's bad or whatever. <laughs> you know, everybody has their opinions. But for me, the whole as a whole, they've it's been a really positive thing. And I, I think, you know, when when you reach out to those kind of people, you know, that really helps the touring, you know, also hiring, hiring a publicist. You know, if you, you got to realize if you're going to tour, you're not. You can't just, you're not going on tour. You have to have a CD. You have to have a, something that you're promoting. You're coming to town. Why? That's how you get ink. Why am I coming to town? Because I have a CD I'm promoting. You know, if you're just showing up being like, we're, we're from Florida, we're coming to your town because we don't know why, then there's really no story. Yeah. There's no reason to talk about that. Yeah, because we feel like hitting the road. Right. So, so the story is: this is our first tour. Well, who are you? Right. What, what do you? What are you? Why are you here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and mind you, this is where uh, this is starting to become uh, almost a, a regular here. I now hear this entertainment where I say the guest did not see the questions in advance. Damon is not a client of mine, so he's not suggesting that you get yourself a publicist because he knows that I am one. This is just sage advice from someone that's been out this at, at this for a while. But I want to go back to when you said. Um, you know, if you think that there's going to be nobody there when you get there, you're probably right. Is Are you saying that from – there's that expression <laughs> that whether you think you can or you can't, you're right – uh, or, or do you Both. mean, or do you mean you're, 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 you know your your act best, and so if you think there's going to be nobody there, you, you're probably right. There probably Both. won't be. Both, you know, if especially if you go into it. But I mean, you know, for one, you have to believe in yourself, you know. But there are nights on the road where you're going, where I'm going to a town where I've never been. I, you know, being on the road is tough because you're driving every day and you're playing gigs and you're promoting your shows and you're doing radio shows and podcasts and emailing and all. But sometimes there's ones that you miss, you know, but you still go to these towns and sometimes it's it's a hit or miss. You don't know. You never know until you get there. But you know? part of it, I, I think what you're saying, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a real positive thinker. You're a real glass half full kind of guy. So, so part of it is, I think you're saying 
that, you know, the whole whether you think you can or you can't, you're right, you know, at least go into it with a good attitude and say, look, I don't know what to expect when I get to insert city here, but darn it, you know, I'm going to go in there I'm gonna optimistic make the best and, of it. yeah, I'm going to give know. them the best show. You never know who's going to be in the crowd. If there's five people out there, you don't know who those five people are most of the time, you know, and if you are honest about it and give them your, your opinion of your music and you play the best you possibly can, who's to say that those people aren't the, the festival organizers or the radio, the, the radio programmers or the record label people or whoever, you never know who you're playing for. Okay. I'm going to go know? on a limb here because there's like so many, so much synergy happening in this interview early on, as far as uh, the, the, the listeners right now, Damon, they're telling themselves, okay, Bruce is not being honest with us this time. He <laughs> did tell Damon to say that because so many episodes of the show, we talk about, you never know. In my opinion, the up-and-comers cannot hear that expression enough to understand that there right. really are lots and lots of stories out there of instances where somebody played a show and X happened. So make me look good. Tell one right now. I'm hoping that you can drum something up from your career of one like time how, I was playing somewhere. How many somewhere times have I played to like five people and then gotten a positive come out of it? Every time. Wow. You know, there's a, I now do... A lot of work with a, a company called Kids Pack. They're a five hundred one c nonprofit, and they raise money for hungry children. Uh, that's a big problem in our country. Big problem in, in Florida. You know, kids get home from school, their parents are working, but they still don't have food at home. You know, so Kids Pack works on putting together packs of food for kids, and they deliver them to their houses and communities all across Polk County, and uh, they're doing a good job. Um, I met. Randy from Kids Pack when I played in St. Louis, Missouri one night in a snowstorm. Oh my gosh. And there was literally maybe four people there. You know, it was the last night of our tour. We'd been on tour for a month. You know, morale very low mm. last night of the tour in a mm -hmm. snowstorm, you know, but it was kind of high because we we're like, it's the last night of the yeah. tour, you know. And uh, we went out and played our set. And really, what you got to realize as a, as a performer, when you go on stage, you know, you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, then the people watching you, if it's four people or if it's a thousand people, they can tell if you're anxious, they can tell if you're not having fun. So do whatever it is that you do and have fun at it. That's what we did that night. Had some tequila. We just played <laughs> the blues and just had fun, goofed off, you know. And next thing you know, I met Randy and he contacted me and, and we've been involved since then. Wow. You know. Yeah, I'm glad that you went to that detail because I'm a very detail-oriented guy, and at the same time, I think I'm always looking out for those listeners that are saying, yeah, but how did he go from playing a really good show to ending up working with these people? So you're saying that he approached you maybe after the show? and On and, a set break, he came up. We uh -huh. did two sets that night, and he came up and bought a CD and was like, come sit down at the table, let's talk. Oh, you're from Florida? I'm from Florida. Where are you from? And I told him where wow. I was from, and he's like, oh, me too. And then one thing led to another, and then next thing you know, we're playing events for kids back. Yeah, and that's another thing is those those little visits, those little chats with audience members that some people, for whatever reason, actually think, I don't need to do that. I'm on my break. I'm going to go chill with the guys in the band and just talk to them. And in fact, something as simple as we both happen to be from Florida, all of a sudden, that's a wonderful icebreaker. Right. And look at where it went. Well, and you meet really, like, and that's another thing about it. You know, you go out, and people that are interested in music are going to come see you. You meet some really interesting people. I'll bet. You know? 
Well, and it probably makes things more interesting for you because, like you say, when you are on this long tour and it's kind of the end and guys are dragging, if you're out talking to people every night, you know, at the end of the night, you now have stories to tell the guys in the band. Did you meet that guy over there? No, why? What about him? All I just day talked long. to him and yeah, all day long, you know. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer-songwriter, bluesman, multi-instrumentalist Damon Fowler. Check out his official website at www.damonfowler.com. Check out the proper spelling of his first and last name by checking out the title of this episode on your listening device. He is all over social media. On his website, you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, plenty of others. Purchase his music, please. It is available on iTunes, which you'll also find a direct link to from his website. And, of course, be sure to check for specifics on all those live shows so you can go see him perform in person. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free. And it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It downloads automatically each time a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is episode 66. So we have had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, Damon, you recently encountered R.B. Stone, who is a friend of Now Hear This and who is the guest on this show way back on episode 16. Uh, is it just me or or do blues players in particular see, seem to really just love impromptu jam sessions? And, and by the way, how nice is it that it fosters such a sense of community amongst each other instead of judgment and competition? Well, that's that's a that's a good point. Um, the blues community, like you know, I was saying about the blues societies earlier, you know, a lot of times the blues festivals, you do it for a couple of years and you you end up running into a lot of the same people on the on the circuit, you know. So, um, and I've had people ask me in the past, you know, you know, is there any beef with any bands or whatever stuff like that? And no, you know, it's really more of like a sense of community and, and kinship where you, you know, you your friends you make friends with all these musicians and it's it's always like reunions you know and you get these jams and that that's where the 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 real stuff happens that's where the beautiful stuff happens you know yeah and and how nice it is that you can meet someone like rb stone for the first time and have somebody say to you in in a situation like that hey man why don't you sit in with us yeah hey man what do you play and the next thing you know yeah well he came down we were playing in saint pete man it was blues fest weekend and um, this was just last weekend. And so um, a mutual friend introduced us. And so and, and we, I, I was aware of RB before, you know. And so I was like, yeah, come, you know, come up, play some harp, man, or, or guitar or whatever you want to play. And then uh, Tab came in and his bass player, Corey Duplachain, came in. And so uh, Ronnie Earl came in and played with us. So, you know, we were all kind of in there just doing the thing, you know. And the thing about blues is it, it's kind of a uh, universal language, you know. There's there's uh, forms that you use that you play. and Yeah, I was going to say it is amazing that all these different collection of people can get together 
and play impromptu, not knowing. I mean, I, I take it, were, were you playing some some Damon Fowler originals and people were joining in, or, or were you all just saying, let's agree on some covers so that yeah. we kind of know where we're going with well, these songs? Well, the thing was, is it was like, it was my gig, you know, so we were, I was playing a bunch of my tunes and stuff, um, and I think RB played on a couple of my tunes too, you know, but then we just played some blues, you know, we just said, yeah. you know couple of muddy tunes, you know, played a Freddie King song. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I just, you know, to to see that type of collaboration happen so spontaneously, no one said, okay, well, look, here's what we're going to play, and you do this part, and, right. then you, and like you said, it's almost kind of, you know, well, as long as we know we're all going to follow this, then we're fine. Well, you know, that's I when I give guitar lessons, man, I've been doing a bunch of lessons lately, and, and I, I explain the Nashville number system, and that's, you know, it, it just works so much. So a lot of times you just say, hey, we're going to do a – a one six two five in the key A, and and then go ahead. Yeah, you know, and you're off and running. Um, I keep focusing on all these shows that you play. Uh, take off your your solo Damon Fowler hat for a minute, if you would, and tell the listeners about Southern Hospitality. Because again, just because we're recording near Tampa doesn't mean there are only listeners from this area checking in. And, and while I know Damon Fowler fans, as I mentioned before, will be listening to this interview, we do like to ed- educate those who are listening elsewhere, you know, in the U.S. and, and the 60-plus other countries around the world that I know uh, have, have we've gotten listeners from. So just go ahead and paint some of that picture of, of, uh, of you playing with Southern Hospitality. All right. Well, uh, again, you know, going back to having fun, you know, Southern Hospitality is is a – somewhat of a reunion and a, and a fun night every time we do it. Um, it's a band that has uh, basically three band leaders in it. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe about three years ago, four years ago now, we were all playing a festival. And um, so it was my my trio, and we had uh, J.P. Soares and the Red Hots and Victor Wainwright and the Wild Roots were playing. And... Um, so uh, after the festival, this club was sponsoring this show. It was in their parking lot. And so after the festival, they're like, you guys come in, we'll feed you. And, you know, if y'all want to jam, you know, tequila's flowing. <laughs> and uh, so we all ended up getting up and jamming and playing and, and just for fun, just, you know, extracurricular activities, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a person there that, that booked a a party. They throw a party every year. There's a blues cruise that goes out of Fort Lauderdale. And there's, the night before, there's this big party because people come from all over. They fly into Fort Lauderdale, and then they take this cruise. And, like, creme de la creme blues people play this cruise. Wow. So um, the guy was there, and he's like, man, I like what you guys are doing, like, right now, this jam thing that you guys are doing. Uh-huh. So we were like, okay. So we um, he booked us for that pre-party. And so we were like, well, we, you know, Victor lives in Memphis. He's a piano player and he lives up in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, so, you know, in order for him to come down, we have to book like a tour of Florida. Yeah. And JP lives in Fort Lauderdale. I live in, at that point in Bradenton. Um, so we're like, man, we all kind of live in different places. So we need to book some gigs just to, you know, make it work for everybody, afford hotel rooms and gas and stuff and still be able to eat, you know? <laughs> and uh, so. We booked a little tour through Florida, and by the it was called the Southern Hospitality Tour. Oh, okay. But by the time we got to South Florida, they were calling us Southern Hospitality. <laughs> um, and then so from that, you know, it just it grew legs. It was a project that, 
you know, we didn't really put, we didn't hire a publicist. We didn't have a website or anything like that. And we just started like, we got this gig like opening for Buddy Guy in West wow. Virginia. Wow. And then we, you know, we just started getting gigs, you know, we're like, man, we should probably like put effort into this and like get a website, you know, and t-shirts and stuff. And so since then we've, we've got a website and we have a record out on Blind Pig. Tab Benoit, we did our record at his house also. And, uh, man, we've been on two blues cruises. We've been to Norway and Slovakia wow. and Holland. Wow. And, uh, it's been a, it's been a great project. I, uh, Chris Pete plays drums. He plays in the red, uh, JP Soares in the Red Hots. And Matt Walker plays bass. He plays in my trio. And yeah. Then, I was, I was going to say my apologies to your trio that, that I asked about Southern hospitality first without giving you the opportunity to, to tell the listeners who don't know, about Damon Fowler to tell them who who well, uh, the I, members of your trio we are. Play, I play music with a lot of people, but the, the members of Southern Hospitality are Matt Walker, he's a bass player. Chris Pete plays drums. J.P. Soares is a guitar player, and he's like like an athlete of a guitar player. And then uh, Victor Wainwright is a piano player, organ player, and singer, and he's just incredible, you know? I love playing music with all those guys. Um, and my trio... Matt Walker plays bass, and Justin Headley plays drums. Uh, Justin actually lives up in Pensacola, and uh, he and I met uh, a long time ago out in Colorado. He was on tour with another band, and you know we've just stayed friends for a long time. And then when I was looking for a drummer, um, I called Justin, and it worked out. You know. Wow! Wow! Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if people keep coming in and out of your band, maybe it's you, not them. Before you're too quick to dump on singers or musicians who've left your group, do a little reflection and be honest with yourself. As an old boss of mine used to say, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Well, you know, you've got a long list of live shows. You've released a number of CDs. You're on a record label, Blind Pig Records. uh, And you've even got yourself a nice little stable of sponsors. Um, just go ahead and, and give a shout out to them. But but then here again, for the up and comers, talk about how those deals came together because every musician thinks, you know, insert brand here should pick me up to do a sponsorship with. Well, you know, some of those sponsors, I you know, I haven't done business with them in quite a while, so I, I can't say. But, um, you know, Dean Guitars, a while back, you know, I, I worked with them and uh, they make, you know, great guitars. Um, okay, but how were you getting those sponsorships when when they were first initiated? Oh, that's a secret. Okay, no, no. Okay, um, what do you do? <laughs> all right, you know, how do you get endorsements? Um, you have a website with all your gigs on it, and you work your butt off, and you get um, reviews and stuff, positive reviews, and you have a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff. And then, so then you you contact the artist rep at the company you're trying to get a hold of, and. Um, You'd send them nice emails and be very nice to them. And then uh, sometimes they'll give you a deal, sometimes they won't. Um, the thing about it is a lot of people, you know, they see, oh, well, you got to deal with this company or whatever. But, you know, they don't, like, give – most of the time they don't just give you stuff, you know. Yeah. They, you know, they give, they give you a great deal. They give you what's called artist pricing. And, you know, 
you got to realize, you know, good business is when everyone makes money. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just making money and everyone that you're doing business with is not, that's bad business. Yeah. That yeah. Your fruits are going to dry up and they're going to die. You know, if if your team that you're working with, everyone has got a, a revenue stream. That's actually how that works, you know, and it grows together. Yeah, good for you for pointing that out because, you know, you're right. At some point, some, you know, some suit is going to look at this and say, so let me get this straight. So we're sending this guy a free guitar every quarter and he's got our logo on his website and he's this and he's this and uh, what, what are we getting out of this? And, right. you know, and the, and the underling is looking up at his boss being like, uh, uh, he, he, he plays a lot of shows. I don't care if he plays a right. lot of shows. What are we getting out of this? Well, I, I will say, you know, the, the companies I've been dealing with lately, um, it's really been more grassroots and independent. You know, uh, my friend, Steve white built the guitar that I'm playing on the, on the, the gold, uh, Telecaster that's on the cover of sounds of home. Uh, Steve white custom built guitars. He, he built it for me. And um, I love the guitar, you know. Um, also, Klein pickups sent us the pickups that are in it. And I have I have two sets of them and, and two different guitars, man. And um, I can't say enough great things about the tonal quality um, with those, you know. And and also Rocky Mountain slides. Um, Todd Sigmer sends me slides from Rocky Mountain slides, and they're killer too. You know. Well, yeah, I was going to say because right away. People are going to think of the logical ones, and guess what? If you're thinking of the logical ones, it means everyone else is thinking of the right. logical ones, and everyone's right. converging on you know insert brand here to say how about a sponsorship? And they're going, look, we're getting hundreds of you people every day. Right, we right. can't give it to everybody. And you know the thing about a lot of times like dealing one on one, you know, you you can uh, get a lot more attention, you know, and, and pay more attention to detail and stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and so. Uh, as Damon is saying, you know, think out of the box a little bit, folks. Don't think that just because a company is is maybe smaller that they're not going to be inclined to to work with you. Because in fact, they they might be just as hungry as as perhaps you are. Well, exactly. A lot of times, if you're an independent artist, you know, um, and you're not at the top of the the feeding chain, you're not going to get very much attention. You know, it, it's nice to go and and, and network and, and work with people that appreciate what you do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, for the people who are listening, because you like the show, uh, thank you ever so much. I, I can't say enough how much it means to me that you check out my show week after week. So for the crowd that's just being introduced to Damon Fowler, uh, there's a boatload of videos on YouTube, Damon, of, of you playing live. Mm-hmm. Uh, any plans to actually do a, a, a proper music video, or is that just yeah, not yeah, your yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did one proper music video for not sounds at home, but my record before that, and it, uh, the song was called "Cypress in the Pines," um, and you know we still get hits on that, and it's a fun video. But actually, what I'm focusing on right now is we're going to do a live record, and we're going to film the basically just film the day that we're not making a film of the live record. We're making a film about us recording the live record. You know, so it's going to be, you're going to see some footage of some old fans and some new fans and people talking about experiences with us. And we'll probably have like a, like a meet and greet before and have like a dinner with everyone for this event, you know, and then, um, and then some footage of us playing, you know, but I want it to be more, you know, just kind of tell the story of the day. So, record that uh, so when when will this all start to be filmed? Um, we're starting to, you know, I was hoping to get it done starting in early May, but it's hard to get the team of people I would like 
yeah. all together at the same time in May. So um, hopefully sometime in the summertime. I'm going to keep it on all my social media, and I will update it as soon as I have it finalized. So it's something that, that will be a work in progress. It'll just you, There will be filming, I don't want to say continual, but in other words, it's not going to be done in one day at one show, end of story. Well, the thing is, is um, we're going to record the live record probably one or two days. Mm-hmm. And the video is probably going to be over the span of two or three days. You know, us getting to the place, sound checking and, and dialing in sounds and showing people the gear and showing, you know, and just, you know, you get a lot of questions. A lot of musicians out there, you know, there's a there's a ton of musicians out there. And, and I would say at least 50 percent of the questions I get are about our gear. You know, what kind of guitar do you play? What kind of strings do you use? What kind of yeah, amplifier, yeah. you know? And um, so we're gonna, we'll have a little bit of that in there. You know, we'll have some fans that have, you know, I'm 36 years old, man. I started playing in, in, in Florida. I've played all over Florida for since I was 20 years old. So and even a little bit younger than that, you know, before I graduated high school. But I got really serious when I was about 20. <laughs> and so, I mean, we, we've had some long-term fans, friends, you know. And so I, I wanted to get some of those people in there and, and talk to them and just, you know, talk That's about cool. the progress of it. You know, and also get some new fans in there and, and then, you know, and see what else, man. It's kind of crazy stuff we can get on film. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we started off by, by talking about YouTube and the videos that you have on there. But what you're describing sounds to me as though it's something that's going to be more intended to be a DVD that you'll sell. You know what? I don't think we're going to. We probably won't sell it. We'll probably just give it away. You know, um, I w- I'd like to sell the live record, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to get some vinyl printed. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. But really, just to raise awareness and stuff, man, I, I kind of would like to use the the footage if we can get it done under a certain budget, you know. Um, I would just like to make it available on our website and YouTube and just let people watch it and enjoy it. Now, I know you said it's a matter of getting the, the people together that you want to have work on this. But, right. I mean, do you have, uh, you know... A particular place in mind that I'd like it if they could film us. I'd like it if we could record the live show when we're playing in such and such a city or such and such a venue. Um, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a few places, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody jealous. Um, you know, there's you know, Florida, we're really lucky in Florida. There's a lot of great venues here. Yeah, you know, okay, understandable. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me in the studio today is singer songwriter, bluesman, multi instrumentalist Damon Fowler. Check out his official website at www.damonfowler.com. Just look for the proper spelling of his first and last name by looking at the title of this episode on your listening device. He is all over social media. On his website, you will find links to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and others. And do purchase his music. It's available on iTunes, which you will also find a direct link to from his website, And be sure to check for specifics on all of these live shows that he's playing so you can see where and when you can go see him perform in person. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week, very convenient. It downloads automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. I mentioned R.B. Stone way back on 
episode 16, uh, Sonny Rock, uh, Blues Hall of Famer. He was on the show also, but there's uh, plenty to choose from. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, We've talked on a number of episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment to guests about being in the same band with their sibling or their spouse or their <laughs> boyfriend or girlfriend, kind of the pros and cons of that. Damon, you, uh, you're married, you, you are a father. Um, I wonder how you find that to be in terms of lessons learned, uh, advice that you might have, you know, meaning how, how do you do such extensive touring and still make your role as a husband and a diet and a dad, a, a, you know, a top priority. I am blessed with a wonderful woman that understands me and, uh, is a great mother. Um, it's very gratifying. I, to be honest, when I found out we were pregnant a few years ago, we have two kids now, but when I found out we were pregnant with our son as our first child, um, up until that point, I hadn't really thought too much about having kids, you know. Uh-huh. Um, just as a musician, you know, my wife and I were living down at the beach, and we were just, it was, you know, that's musician life, you know. Yeah, what else um, do you need? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it scared the hell out of me when, <laughs> when I found out we were pregnant. But when when my son came, and, you know, even going through with the pregnancy, you know, my wife gave natural birth, and she's a a doula right now. We did water birth and um, it it was incredible. It was many peaks and valleys. Um, And having the kids, I would say as far as teaching me a lesson, it's taught me more patience, you know? Um, And it's really, I would have to say my perspective changed having, having kids and touring and stuff. You know, I, I find myself really trying to make it, you know, make make the tours work, and then getting home. You know, I used to lollygag a whole lot more, but now you know, we get done. You know, I get home. Well, listen to that schedule that I read a little earlier, where I was saying he's going here, he's going here, he's yeah. going here, and then he's coming back to Florida for a while, and then he's going right, here, right, here, right. Here, and that's so. that's why we do that. You know, yeah. we come back to Florida, and I I get to see my kids, man, and it's awesome. My yeah. wife, and um, you know, between my trio, which all those dates that you were talking about with is with my trio, mm-hmm. but Southern Hospitality is also touring this year. Um, we're we're doing we're going to Canada, we're going to Switzerland, um, and this is all before September. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, was there a point in time where you had to say, "Look, I'm just really thrilled, you know that that I'm going to be a dad, you know that that we're going to be parents here," but you know. There's still my music, and I do still need to be out on the road. You know how how did the that go? About, or, I think you know, like I said, my wife is incredible. She's a wonderful lady. Um, she's very patient. And when she met me, this is what I was doing. You know, this and this is my job. You know, I I don't. This is not like I'm doing this to meet chicks or, or score booze or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> um, and she knows I'm very serious about this, you know, and this is part of who I am. Um, so she definitely accepts me for that, you know, and I, I spend a lot of time on the road. I spend a lot of time, you know, contacting my wife, you know, and, and sometimes you, you come home, you fly home or you drive home really quick. You know, I was, my wife was pregnant with our daughter and, um, so she does natural birth and our first kid, she was two weeks late. One more day, 
and the government or the county was going to force her into having Whoa. natural child or force her to have like a where they forced the baby yeah in. wow and um but you know luckily it happened you know so i had this opportunity to go up to pittsburgh and produce a record for a guy and um you know, and it was it was landing right around the time it was landing about two weeks before our kid was due, uh-huh. and so you know I sit down with my wife and I'm like, I'd like to do this, but I'm also the birthing coach, and you know this is going to take a week, and I don't want to do anything that's going to make you feel weird or whatever, mm-hmm. and I can postpone this. And my wife's like, Oh no, you know, our, our son Max was two weeks late. You know this. this this one's going to be late too. <laughs> so I fly up to Pittsburgh and we get about halfway through the record. And then about one o'clock in the morning, I get, a, it was a Tuesday. I get a phone call from my wife. Tell me her water broke. Oh, and so I was like, Oh, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I'm never going to live this down. So I immediately drove to the airport. I got on the first plane home, got home about 1130. And we, the midwife already had the tub set up at the house, uh-huh. and uh, my wife was in it. We had the baby about two o'clock. Wow! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. yeah. So um, I haven't, I haven't screwed up too bad yet. So she's still patient with me. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, one of the questions that I've become fond of asking the guest is to rank in order how you see yourself as far as the list of. Uh, in your case, singer, songwriter, guitar player, slide guitar player, lap steel player, and dobro player. So, so tell us, um, you know, give us that list. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, put it in order. I don't know if if you want it to be uh, what I'm best at, what I'm second best at, what I'm, th- or or if you want it to be maybe uh, this is what I like doing best. This is what I like doing second best. All right. Well, I would like this is like I would say. I'm I'm about on a scale of like one to ten. You know, I'm always trying to get better at songwriting. I'd say I'm like somewhere in the middle. Um, guitar, I take spells with guitar because, you know, I, I used to play guitar as like a sport. You know, when I was like my teens, my early twenties, I really you know looked at it like chopping wood or something, you know, I was mm-hmm. just out there just trying to play faster or whatever. <laughs> um, and singing, I, I really enjoy singing, you know, but to me, the thing is, is like, I, I quit like with guitar and singing really, you know, I quit like trying, I quit practicing scales and stuff, you know, and I mean, I still do it, but it's one of those things I, I don't really, when I go out and play, I don't really try and, play guitar anymore i just try and play music you know and the same with singing and on on a good day i'd say like a seven or eight on a bad day like a five or a six well here's an example uh rb stone when i think of him uh and and one of my clients that i've been at songwriters festivals with where we've encountered him you know, if she doesn't remember who it is, the first thing I would say is, you know, the guy that plays the harmonica. I wouldn't say the guy who sings right. blues. I right. would say the guy that plays harmonica. Oh, yeah. Remember, right. he was singing after you when you played your show. All right. And then the next question would be, 
does RB do something else? Because I'm thinking of him as a harmonica player first, a singer second, and then you have to ask you yourself, oh yeah, that's right. I think I think he plays guitar. Right. So you know, so you kind of consider people. Oh yeah, he's a. He's I would a, think like when people see me, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times they go away. I play a lap steel guitar in my show. Mm-hmm. So and and, and there's, I mean, there's a handful of lap steel players, but it, it's not something you see all the time. Yeah. And. Um, so I would say people probably are like, oh, the guy that plays that, yeah, you know, yeah. that little bitty guitar. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, you know, some, when we play, I sing and, and present tunes and stuff. So probably, probably guitar or singer and then songwriting, you know. Um, you're going to be playing at the Florabama, which uh, for those of us that have been there and know that venue is, is quite legendary, so to speak. Uh, you're also going to be playing at the House of Blues over at Downtown Disney. You mentioned playing in other countries is there any one venue that really sticks out as the highlight for you so far that you've played at over your career like just one venue um i don't know man i mean we've been so fortunate that there's been there's been moments i've looked out and been like how did i get here so you know give me give me one uh ruth eckard hall mm, you know we really? did we did some shows mm-hmm. um man i got to do uh a tour with bb king one time mm and uh, we played up like all through Charlotte, like North Carolina and Georgia and stuff. And that was really, you know, there were some moments on that where it was like, wow, man, how did I get here? Yeah. I um, bet. And then uh, Johnny Winter, we got to do, we, we toured with Johnny Winter, you know, fairly regular. We did about 20, 20 or so gigs with him before he passed. And um, one, one time that really sticks out to me is we played like Dallas and Houston. And then the last night of that run, we played in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so it was at the House of Blues in New Orleans. Mm. And so when we get done, you know, and by this point, we're friends with the band, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, we've, I've met Johnny a bunch of times, but he's an older fella. And a lot of times after the show, he just kind of goes and wrestles on the bus and sure. goes to the hotel. Sure. And, um, you know, but this night he was kind of fired up and someone had rented this private room after party for him. And it's in this place called the Foundation Room which is like the VIP of the house of blues in new Orleans, you know? So, uh, road manager and the, and the guys in the band are like, y'all come to the after party, you know? And we're like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> how do we get in? So they tell us this thing to tell the door guy, you know? Uh-huh. So, and we're like, where's it at? So they give us directions and we get to this. And it was like something off of like who framed Roger rabbit or something, <laughs> man. We get there and it's like this old warehouse, like, and like mechanic, mechanical stuff, like broke down tractors and, and all the stuff are in there and pallets of stuff. And then like, and there's this like, long hallway and there's an elevator at the end and there's this big dude wearing a tux, you know, just like you see in TV. And we're like, Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> so we go up to him, we tell him, you know, the thing. So they let us into this, they take us up to the top floor of the foundation room. And in this room, it's like this giant warehouse room and there's these golden tents and each tent, it's its own private room. Hmm. All right. But then there's like a common area where the bar is. And like, it was literally like a Jay Z video or something, man. Like, there's like girls in golden dresses. Oh, my God. Booty dancing and people are drinking, you know, whatever. Wow. The, the wow. fun, the, the rapper stuff, you know? And uh, so, you know, we're going around to these tents and we're, we're looking around and we're like, is this the tent? Oh, sorry. That's not it. Sorry. Um, and so we ended up finding the tent, you know? And we got to go in there and just drink and hang out with Johnny Winter. And just, it was, you know, at one point, like, 
you know, we looked at each other like, whoa, yeah. how did we get here? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Am I really doing this? Yeah. What about uh, any of the any of the international stuff stand out? Uh, any, any one country, perhaps? That- uh, well, I got to go. I, and this wasn't I was I was playing guitar and I was helping um, kind of craft some tunes. But last year I got to go to Jamaica with uh, Big Chief Monk Boudreaux. He's doing. He was doing a blues record in Kingston, Jamaica, mm. and uh, it was like a reggae and blues, you know. And I think they're going to release it this year. But uh, th- there were some great moments on that one, you know. There was uh, just going there and, and just the whole thing, you know. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Uh, we're going to close today with a song of yours called "Old Fools, Barstools, and Me," which, by the way, I, as you can tell, I love that title. Really cool. Uh, put on your songwriter hat for us and tell the listeners about this song. Uh, this song I, I co-wrote with my friend Eddie Wright, who has been a, a really positive force in my life for a long time. He's a great musician. And he's a great writer. Um, he lives out in Sefner. <clears throat> and um, basically, it's just, you know, playing in gigs. You know, you play bars and lounges and all these gigs, you know, and and you, you through your life, you know, you, you got your highs and lows kind of thing. And, you know, you, you win some relationships, you lose some relationships, but you're still kind of there. You know, for me, I, you know, you're still there playing music, you know, these old fools and some bar stools, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming Absolutely. here. Bruce, really you, enjoyed man. it. Good stuff. I will close, as always, by formally thanking my guest, Today we heard from singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, bluesman Damon Fowler. Visit his website at www.damonfowler.com and then also engage with him on social media. All those likes and follows contribute to the cause and, and they help his star continue to rise. So find him on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the others that there are links to on his website. And be sure, of course, to also purchase his music. You can find it on iTunes. And on his website, there's an iTunes link that will take you directly to him on there. And, of course, as I mentioned, look at his website for his live shows calendar so you can see where he'll be when. You can go and watch him perform live. Uh, Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it. Just one field to complete. And, of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Hey, give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That would really help a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Damon Fowler. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Old Fools, Barstools, and Me.
Through the smoke and the lights Stoo 